Hello, this is Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined as always by my co-host Nikki. Hello Nikki. Hello. How's it going? Good. Um, you know, things are good today. We went we went for a walk today, didn't we? We went into the outside world and had a legal walk. Yeah, we did. All within the restrictions, the legal restrictions yeah. that were allowed, yeah. but we did. We went for a nice walk. It was a nice day. And now I'm drinking some red wine and oh. eating an Easter egg. I'm an oh, adult. That's. I mean, I'm. I'm super jealous because I. I have water, but I am drinking out of a Star Wars cup. So nice. Adult. It's not. It's not even Easter yet. But as soon as those Easter eggs start coming into the shop, I'm like, I'm eating all of them. Oh, you know, I'm not really allowed them. to. Yeah. No. I mean, I've already eaten one. So yeah. I've eaten a whole Easter egg to myself. It's tradition. I've eaten a lot of mini eggs as well. I don't know if anyone in who's not in the UK knows what a mini egg is, but mini eggs are like my kryptonite. Like, actually, no, kryptonite. It's not a good thing, is it? Maybe that's a bad thing. Either way, well, it's not really a good thing for me. It's sick, so maybe it's my kryptonite. I was going to um, say, it is the thing that like murders you slowly, but it's fine. But I just can't get enough. Gotta, gotta eat those mini eggs. No, mini eggs are great. I bought, every so often around Easter time, they come out with these like Cadbury mini egg cakes things. Ooh. They remind me of being a young child and having tea with my grandma. So it's quite a nice thing when they come in. Um, And I have an excuse to stuff my face with them because I'm like memories yeah. but how are you sorry enough about me and my mini egg thing oh yeah it's fine I mean you've reminisced me on mini, mini eggs now I'm having a wonderful time uh no it's good it's all right it's it's going it's going like you said we had a <laughs> we had a walk so that was nice my we're, a lot more, of the week. we're a lot more positive than we were last week which is good and I guess that means that we've had a nice day slowly it's going up I think that's it I think I've had fresh air for a while which yeah is been a revelation you forget you forget what it's like outside and then you go out there and you're like man this is good this is nice yes i'm sure (laughs) next week we might not be the same (laughs) but today we're good hopefully we won't descend into utter madness hopefully that's always the risk but it's a risk we'll we'll take we'll carry on today and, and continue to take our wonderful risk we'll see how it goes yeah we'll see what happens i'm not convinced (laughs) we might break at some point but for now hopefully we're good so this episode is is quite a cool one we decided to try and be a little bit kind of on trend to an extent but we're a bit late we're always a bit late um we are going to be talking about our top five zelda characters yeah we thought we'd jump on the bandwagon after the bandwagon had left the station about a week ago (laughs) but it's fine I'm claiming this is it's Zelda year, and you know what? Maybe yeah. then we're gonna do more Zelda episodes this year. But the funny thing is, is we did Valentine's like two weeks late as well. So at the end of the day, like <laughs> people are used to this. It's like, oh, it's oh, it's it's Christmas. Oh, okay, better wait for that Christmas episode. Oh, it might be about two weeks late, but hey, yeah. it's still here. You know what? The year after, people will listen to it on the events, and it will be fine. You know. Yeah. Well, it's fine. It might not work with Zelda anniversaries. No. But, you know, everyone loves Zelda all the time, and there's loads of Zelda games happening all the time, so um, it's timeless. It's a timeless, timeless thing. Exactly. And apparently we have more Zelda news coming out this year about Breath of the Wild 2. They promised, they said in the last Direct that there would be more news. So maybe when you're listening to this, that news has happened, and this episode is totally relevant, and we meant to do it. Nice. Yeah, because the most recent news, right, if I'm not wrong, is that Skyward Sword is coming to Nintendo Switch, right? 
Yeah, it's the game that nobody asked for to be brought onto Switch. It's the last <laughs> one in the list that people were asking for. But, you know, Nintendo just do whatever the fuck they want all the time. Nintendo are truly fucking with us at this point. You know, we're all demanding and shaking our fists that we want um, Wind Waker or Ocarina of Time <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch. And what do they give us? Skyward Sword. <laughs> fucking trolls. I know. But I'm kind of okay with it because I really enjoyed Skyward Sword. I think the only thing people didn't really like was the controllers. And they've um, fixed that, apparently. Yeah. So. Do you know what? It's funny because I, I gave Skyward Sword a chance probably about three years ago. I'd already played it like before, but I gave it another chance because I was like, do you know what? Like I, I kind of want to play this more because it's probably one of the ones I played the least. And uh, and then I remembered that I had to use the fucking Wiimotes and I got very <laughs> tired very quickly. Not just because, you know, I had to wave my arms around and we're in a pandemic and I don't exercise as much as I used to. Uh, my arms were tired. It was just because it was annoying. And, um, and I, I hope to be able to replay that. The funny thing is it comes out on my birthday. That's the cool thing about Aww, it. So that's, that's the release date. It's, it's my B day. So um, birthday present for you sorted. I've just realised that you should not say B day as a as a thing. Like obviously <laughs> I know that's text speak, but I've just realised I'm like yeah, it's my it's my B day. A B day is a as a toilet effectively that is like something that goes up. It's your a butt washer. So, yeah. So um, it's not my B day. It's coming out on my birthday. It's not something coming out of her B day. <laughs> This yep. is the problem. I, I live in a world where text speak is more of a thing than I wish it to be because this is how we all communicate. We're all um, going to return to how we were in like 2005 <laughs> and we just shortened all our words down to fit all the amount of... Do you remember when text messages used to have a limit on them? And yeah. Stuff? That's why we That's why we did it. And then it just oh, descended yeah, into it's, MSN it's, Messenger. I forgot about that. It's like it's like being on Twitter now. It's like you're, <laughs> you're constrained by the number of letters. Yeah, character restriction? What is this? Yeah. Oh, well, so that was that was a tangent. That, it always is. It always is. Um, so to, to clarify what our actual episode title is today, because I don't think we've said it. I mean, is... I said top five Zelda characters. Oh, you maybe did? That wasn't... I did, yeah. Okay, I, I wondered if I imagined it or I just didn't say it. Yeah, top five Zelda characters. Um, yes, any character from the Legend of Zelda games, any of them. We might not have played all of them. I certainly haven't, but the ones that I know the most. Nice. The ones that have stuck out in your brain, your faves. Yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of the of the more top down Zeldas, the older Zeldas, and the the like ones that were on the DS and stuff. Not a huge fan, so I've definitely uh-huh. got a little bit of a gap there. But I'm a big fan of some of the other ones, so I've definitely like played most of them, just not all of them. I quite like the top down ones. They're not my favourite. I think I'm with you. I prefer some of the bigger, more scrolling, wide adventures. But um, I definitely like some of the smaller ones. They are fun. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what the list is but i guess we've got no news we've spoken about our lives for a bit so i guess we can just play the top five intro yes what are you buying how about a game of lucky hit a three-headed monkey let's go So it's worth mentioning that, um, as we all know, there is a little gentleman in the cupboard when we get a crossover, which is where we pick the same thing. So it'll be the same character in, in this top five. Um, and that gentleman is Beedle. And Beedle is obviously a Zelda character, if you didn't know that. This is him. Oh! The funny thing is, like, we don't know. I mean, I'm not going to tell you, and Seth's not going to tell you either at this point, whether we pick Beedle for our top five characters or not. <laughs> so Beedle might actually, at this point, and leave and storm out and be like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll have to find a new mascot after this. We might see. Beedle, Beedle might storm out. Or maybe 
Maybe he remains our lord and saviour. We'll see. Maybe. Well, I'm it depends going... if he can get out of the cupboard we've locked him in. Oh, yeah. So. Keep that tight with our single key. In traditional cel- like Zelda fashion, it's got a key that you can only use once and then you've got to recycle it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think you're going first this week. I think I am. All right. We might have a crossover. We might not. Who knows? This might be one of the crossovers. Instant my number crossover. five. Yeah. My number five is The King of Red Lions. Oh, not a crossover. Ooh, okay, cool. So this is a weird one because I was like, this kind of diverges on a thin line as to whether or not you can classify this as a Zelda character. But I'm a hundred percent doing it. The King of Red Lions is a is a motherfucking boat. If you didn't know, the yep. King of Red Lions is the boat in Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. So it's effectively a red boat with a giant creepy dragon slash lion head on the front of it. Um, you'd have to kind of Google it to understand what the heck I'm saying. Because if you've never played it, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? This, this is weird, trippy shit. But it's normal, I promise you. It, it basically, I, I'm... Oh, actually, let's, let's preface this by saying this top five is going to be full of spoilers because things have to be mentioned. So if you yeah. haven't played Zelda games or, or the one I'm about to mention, which is from the Wind Waker, just, just maybe move on because spoilers central. So... The boat picks you up um, because basically you're having you're having some issues. You're looking for your sister. Some some shit's going down uh, in in Link's life at this point, and he gets pretty much saved by the King of Red Lions, which is a boat. Uh, so basically, when you wash up on the shore and get saved by him, you have to go by a sail and everything. And you're, uh, to be honest with you, Link's pretty calm at this point when he's just been found by a talking boat. But I guess maybe the Zelda universe that's not so weird. Yeah, you don't see any other talking boats, but he definitely just accepts a lot of stuff, I think, in Wind Waker. Yeah, I mean, I know it's uh, it's a magical land, the land of Zelda, so I suppose it makes sense. But to be honest with you, as a young child, when I played this game, I was a little bit confused and I was a little bit spooked. I was a little bit creeped out by the King of Red Lions because I was like, really, this is a this is it's weird. Like, it's a bit of a weird thing. Like, it's not normal, but. I just, I really enjoyed his character. He has a very big part in the game because effectively he's he's your Navi. He's your Navi mm. from Ocarina of Time. He's your typical guide that you have. A lot of the time in Zelda games, you always have a guide. But that's someone that's kind of there to help you, to guide you on your way, whether it's to give you like hints or just, just be along there with the ride for you. And um, and he, he's cool. Like I really, I really enjoy him. I think that he's really quite charismatic, quite funny. And just, he's just that nice comfort to have with you as you kind of sail sail the seas and um yeah it's just it's just a cool mechanic because obviously in Windmaker you're you're sailing along the sea and it can be a little bit lonely and so to know that you're riding a boat that's basically um, has a functional brain um it's quite you know, it's a really odd way to put that but i liked it a boat with a brain i guess i was trying to say that he's sentient but i couldn't quite there get there go. i didn't want to pause for too long a sentient boat man yeah um that you're riding the seas with that sounded a bit weird but yeah, so I'm obviously going to spoil this now. So yeah. you later find out in the game that the boat is actually being controlled by Daphne Nonahson Hyrule, who is the king of the submerged Hyrule. That's basically the spoiler to the game. Hyrule is submerged underwater and this king is basically controlling the boat. So you get this like big twist where you're like, oh shit. It's actually the King of Hyrule, which is cool, which is cool. I, I liked that, but it was it was one of those like quite cool, like shocking moments. Um, and I was a little bit sad to realise that this boat wasn't actually just like a functioning boat. He person. wasn't a single being, no. He was <laughs> no. actually just being controlled. He didn't by have him. a brain after all. 
Supported um, man. But I think I just got quite attached, attached to the Hyrule boat, mm. to the to the King of Red Lions. I don't know what it was. I liked the noises that he'd make whenever you talked to him because it was a game where obviously you didn't really a lot of voice acting in Zelda games was quite minimal at this point. So you just sort of get the hmm every now and again, you know, or like mm. the hmm. <laughs> like you yeah. often make these kind of grunty noises, and I quite enjoyed it. Um, he was just cool. Like, he was just quite a suave gentleman. Yeah, I know what you mean. He has a very calming presence, weirdly, for a a yeah. boat a boat with quite an angry face. But he he That's was true. quite like you just he's quite soothing as a character. I think and I, I think because like you said, his hmm noises were quite nice. Like it was just quite a like I don't know. He felt safe with the with the King of Red Lions. Grandfatherly, kind of like, yeah, grandfatherly boat. Hmm. Yeah, I think That's, that's a, a good really description good way to put it. for him. He yeah. and I think you're right. Like. It's quite a barren game, really. Like, all the time, like, you're right, you are just sailing across the seas with not much else to do. Mm. I so... think if you had a boat that couldn't speak to you, it would be it would be quite lonely. And I, I think that kind of fills the gap because, as I said, in, in most other Zelda games, you tend to always have, like, someone with you. Not all of them, but especially the majority of the ones that I had... Well, not majority, because this was probably way back in the day, but at least with Ocarina of Time, what I was used to was having, like, Navi and stuff. And so it was nice to have that companion, and yeah, it would it would have been yeah. a, it would have been a lonely time without Grandfather Boat. So he was cool, and as I said, I really enjoyed the mechanic. I enjoyed being able to basically ride the companion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a sentence. It's like a, it? a, if a Ponyo had a a person in them. Yeah, that's a terrible precisely. way of putting it. But yeah, like it is if a yeah. Ponyo could speak and to. There's, there's mystery i think for obviously you find out what the fuck red the king of red lions is about after all but like there is a definitely like a big mystery on like what the hell is this and uh and that's quite cool i like a bit of mystery um so i don't really have too many facts but i will say that unfortunately at the end of the game um there's a little bit of sad moment which i think made me realize how much i loved king of red lions which is that um basically he kind of dies <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess the the guy, the king, kind of doesn't necessarily exist after mm. all. Like, is in later on, but the boats, the boats, the boats, kind of done. Like the king, the the king of Hyrule, kind of is done with the boat. So the boat, kind of like you see it at the end, and the boat's eyes are closed, showing that it's no longer possessed. So now it's just like this inanimate wood object, and it just makes me really sad. I don't know why. I'm like, I know that it was just a vessel for the guy to, to kind of be within and talk within, but just seeing, like, this dead King of Red Lions boat, even though it was never truly real to begin with, just made me really sad. I kind of know what you mean, though. It's like, even though you know the person who actually is the boat is fine, kind of. Like, not really, but you know what I mean. He's there. He's an existing person. But because he's just not in the boat anymore, it's like, oh, the boat's dead. Ah, oh, the, the spirit has moved on. Yeah. Apparently, though, there is there is a potential fact that Tetra possibly took the boat on board her ship as a memento um, afterwards. So that's oh. nice. I guess it wasn't just like left to rot away in the sea. So <laughs> Just abandoned. Set on fire. I'd hope so, anyway. Yeah, you um, so. To be honest with you, I can't remember word for word the exact ending Windmaker. It's been a long time. I'd love to replay it, Nintendo. Absolutely love it. Um, so if you could do that for me, that would be great because I don't, I can't afford to buy a GameCube right now, really. Mm. Um, yeah, thanks Nintendo. But anyway, my other fact is that apparently the King of Red Lions appeared in Super Smash Bros. as a, um, as a brawl as a trophy and as a platform in the pirate ship stage, 
as well, um, which is cool. To be honest with you, I ended up having loads of facts for each character to do with Smash Bros and other things. And I just started stopping including them because they're all fucking everywhere, aren't they? Of course they would be. It's Nintendo. So that's yeah. my... <laughs> not very good fact. But I couldn't find many facts for the King of Red Lions, to be honest. No, I like that fact. Every mm. every character we will talk about is some probably in Smash Bros. Yeah. That's your fact. Yeah. But my other fact is that apparently um, in The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, which is a game I didn't really play too much, um, there is a ship with an appearance similar to the King of Red Lions, but the ship is called the Prince of Red Lions. So that's cool. Don't quite know what that's about but maybe it's just like a homage um apparently in hyrule warriors and hyrule warriors legends king daphnis transforms into the king of red lions as part of his sail weapons moveset as well as his victory animation which i thought was quite cool oh i do remember that i've only recently played hyrule warriors the first one i've not played the one that just came out for um breath of the wild but um yeah you do get him in there and i do remember him having a sail and being like oh my god it's the boat (laughs) yeah so to summarize um my top five was a was a boat possessed by an old man grandfather boat i like yeah. it no it's a good it's a good number good number five i'm glad he was mentioned he's one of my favorite characters in that game especially um so i'm glad he got he got his little little mention so who is your Boaty number wise. five i'm very excited so my number five and i keep moving stuff around in my thing it's been a while i keep moving people and stuff around um my number five is uh big goron big it's basically big goron but you say it as one name it's big goron um, oh yeah, yeah or yeah. big ron as we all like to call him um he's basically <laughs> the giant goron um who i think you first see him in ocarina of time he's in some other ones that i think he also makes appearance in majora's mask minish cap and phantom hourglass but he's basically the biggest Goron around. Um, and in particular in Ocarina of Time, where he's introduced, he's so big he has to live by himself on the side of Death Mountain. Like, he's not allowed in the tribe <laughs> little hut. Like, he's not allowed inside the mountain because he's too big. He has to live outside. But I think the reason I really love this particular Goron, I mean, Gorons are my favourite. For me, I think they're the best Zelda tribe out of all of them. Like, we've got the Zoras and the Ritos and all of the other ones. Gorons are my personal faves. Um, and I almost went with um, Daruk in Breath of the oh, Wild. so did I, yeah. But I don't know what it is about this guy. I just like that he's just the biggest one. Um, I think what I also liked about him was he is a very skilled blacksmith in the game. Um, you can do like a trading thing with um, some of the Gorons and him in particular will make you uh, the big Goron sword, which is one of the better swords you can get earlier on into the game rather than i think before you get the master sword you can have this sword um so i always think that's cool i think you have to give him something about eye drops something like that i can't remember exactly i was trying to remember how i interacted with him but i always remember him you kind of come across him and he's sleeping in the way and then i think eventually he moves once you help the gorons get their food back yeah because in ocarina when you first go to see the gorons they're kind of annoyed because they can't get into their mountain um because lord drango drango whatever the weird guy in there is you have to go fight in one of the first things um he's he's smashing up in the cave and they can't get to get their food which is rocks because i love that they eat rocks they're basically trolls but adorable trolls the gorons um so i had to mention one of them um and i think i just went with this one because he just seemed like he was a good 
a good version of one to pick. I've just had a stark fucking realisation. Mm. I knew his name was Bigoron, right? Yeah. But I didn't realise that it's just Bigoron. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, Bigoron. Yes, I know Bigoron. That guy, that's a that's a Bigoron. And then I'm like, hang on. Wait a minute. It's literally just Big Goron. That's all it's it. Oh my god! Together. It's, what is it's... wrong with my brain? To be fair, I don't think I ever quite realised that that was the name, and then I would type it out a few times when I was doing this list, and I think I've made the very similar realisation. What I didn't quite realise is that he does appear in those other games. I thought he was mostly just in Ocarina, and that's kind of what you interact with him. Um, but I, I found that in Majora, he is. I don't know if you remember this, but when you were up to Death Mountain, I think the first time the wind is too strong for you. And it basically like something is pushing you down off the mountain constantly. And apparently in this one, he was cursed um, and made invisible. And so now he's like blowing on top of the mountain and that's him. Um, and I think to do something, I think you have to appease him. I can't remember, but it's been a really long time since I've played Majora's Mask. Mostly <laughs> because we all get to the same point of the water pinfall and we just all give up and decide we hate it and put it away for 10 years. And then we're like, yeah, let's return to this game and have a terrible time. Yeah. But he is in that game. And I don't think I quite realised that, that was him. I think that's a lot of the time with some Zelda characters you don't quite remember or quite piece together that they're the same person or that they're supposed to be another incarnation Yes, there is a lot of that in Zelda, mm. and yeah, it's taken me a while to come to terms with a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember where he is in Minish Cap um, or Phantom Hourglass. I have played both. But you know, he definitely appears. Um, I think, don't think I have much else to say about Big Oron. Um, I have one fact, but I'm pretty sure um, we've said this again already about Gorons but we spoke to them before. But Goron is the Japanese onomatopoeia for the sound a rock makes as it rolls down a hill they have on a map for that that's what that is Goron. i don't know if i believe that but <laughs> if that's what they want to go with <laughs> not saying that i'm like a person expert that throws rocks down a hill but i don't think it goes sort of like grun, grun, grun. like no it doesn't it doesn't that's i mean that was really creepy and i'm sorry i mean you kind of did it did i grun, 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 grun. maybe no, but, but you, it's you like... could say anything like that sounds like that you could be like um, pizza, 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 pizza. Like you could say anything. Mm. Actually, no, that doesn't sound like that. You can't use yeah. pizza. Okay. Um. Actually, it's not. It's not so easy. I think Fuck. the thing is, we've got to remember this is onomatopoeia. This is also Japanese onomatopoeia. So that's true. Um, it's Maybe, kind of like yeah. the noises of the animals, right? I know for a fact Japanese um, mice say choo choo, and we think they say sweet. <laughs> oh sweet. yeah, choo choo, motherfucker. Yeah, I can't forget that. <laughs> I'm a can't mouse. Pass. So <laughs> you know, onomatopoeia, I guess, is like pow and kaplam, and you don't actually. T- do that when you hit people so i suppose that makes it's sense, not like yes. a sound sound i'm exact. overthinking it I, th- I think that i think that's what we've got down to <laughs> oh i do have one other fact that was it um if you in ocarina of time if you wear the goron mask and go and speak to king zora he reveals that him and the big goron have been friends since childhood which i thought was adorable that is super cute yeah do you know, it took, I don't know if, I know we're probably not going to talk about Gorons much more in this, but do you know how long it took me to realise the Gorons in Wind Waker, like who they were? Like they're the oh, travelling salespeople, yeah. but like it took me a long time because they wear a hat that covers their face and you can't really see them. And then it took me like ages, I think, where I realised, I was like, shit, there's actually a Goron under there. That took me way longer than I care to admit. I think, so I always knew it was a Goron because I'll recognise a Goron from 
50 feet away. Like, I just love them. <laughs> but I didn't find out until... I think I played it again recently because I had the HD version um, on the Wii U. But if you flap, you know you get that little leaf from the core people? Yes. If you flap that at him, his hat rises off his head and shows the little Goron face. Yes, I think that would have been how I found out. So bear in mind, when I say that I wasn't sure was when I was about 12. Oh, um, okay, fair. So <laughs> it was more like later on life that I was able to feel. But as a child, I didn't quite realise. But that's fair because, you know, I child eyes and all that. Yeah. To be um, fair, I'm with you because Zelda wasn't something I played until I was a bit older because I didn't own any Nintendo stuff when I was younger apart from a Game Boy. And there wasn't really a lot of Zelda games on the Game Boy. So my experience was, although I saw Ocarina when I was younger because my cousins had it, um, I never really got into into Zelda and played them much myself like all the way through until mm-hmm. I was much older. So I think that's why I probably would have instantly recognised him and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's my um, that's my number five. It's it's Big Ron, Big, Big Ron. Ron. <laughs> I love a Goron. I really do. I don't think I love them as much as you do, but I do love them. I feel like if I don't see a Goron in a Zelda game, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah, what's the point in playing it if there's no Gorons? Yeah, I know, right? They are very cool. I love them. Um, I haven't. I, I'm not going to put my more mentions or anything, but I just wanted to mention the uh, one of the, my favorite Gorons as well. We're on the Goron topic is the um i think it was darunia i don't know in ocarina of time the one the king of the gorons and mm. that in that game who loves to dance that he's hell oh, yeah he's great yeah there were just so many good gorons around um there's one in skyward sword that's particularly cool as well um and i can't remember his name but he's pretty he's pretty rad so there's a lot and i think actually you can like you can put an outfit on one of the gorons somewhere along the line that is like big gorons like chest paint colors I can't remember what game that's in, but I think I read that somewhere. So, nice. go Gorons. <laughs> All right, my number four. I'm oh. a little bit ashamed to admit that I've picked someone from Woodmaker again. I didn't mean to. This is honestly just completely a fluke. Uh, it just happens to be that my favourite characters are apparently in this game. Um, and this one I swapped out a lot, and I'll tell you who I swapped out for in, in a moment, but it is Tetra from The Woodmaker. Oh! Woo! why am i so happy why did i I move (laughs) oh great i'm glad to know that you're really happy about this (laughs) i think i was i think i was wooing because i was like yes i got it first but also Mm. yay tetra she's fucking awesome she is this is my number three okay cool so Tetra is a basically a recurring character in the Legend of Zelda series because she does not just appear in Windmaker. She is also in the following ones. Um, she is an orphaned girl. She was orphaned at a young age. Um, she basically ends up following in her deceased mother's footsteps by becoming a captain of a ship with her crew of pirates because apparently her mother was a pirate or at least wanted to be a pirate, apparently. Um, they Her pirate friends are all very like respectful of her and they like they basically follow follow her whatever she does and it's kind of cool she's got this little little cute pirate crew going on um she's quite like a hard nut to crack like she is a bit sassy she's a bit bossy um and uh, i like that i think especially at a young age when i kind of came across tetra especially like having to experience zelda um and that kind of that like whole girly aesthetic and don't get me wrong chic was fucking awesome but as i said as a child playing ocarina of time i was 
I, I was stupid enough to, to never remember that, that Sheik was Zelda. Sorry, spoiler. Um, and so for me, like, I remember growing up, like, I'd often think that Sheik was a was male. I was not very good at finishing Ocarina because, as I said, I was a child. Um, and so to me, like, when I came across Tetra as a 12-year-old girl, I was like, well, this is amazing. This this girl is, like, really fucking cool. Um, she, you know, she's she's taking on enemies. She's kind of doing doing this stuff because you know link is amazing but it's really nice to see it like a strong female character so link meets tetra um because basically they i think they turn up at the <laughs> Sorry. the way you said because <laughs> fuck off <laughs> link meets tetra because <laughs> sorry carry on it was just it was a good one I can't remember why the pirates are there, but basically it's a case of mis- misidentity, mistaken identity, because Link's little sister gets kidnapped. And this is primarily because Ganon, obviously Ganon is involved here, it's a Zelda game, is trying, is trying to get the Triforce power. And so therefore he's looking after, basically, he's looking for the descendant of, of uh, Hyrule, Princess Zelda. But he captures Link's little sister because she looks has like long ears or something. It's something to do with the fact he's capturing girls with long ears. He's capturing small girls, basically. That's what it says, yeah, with long ears, apparently, whatever that Mm. means. Um, But obviously, it accidentally catches the sister and not Tetra, because that's who they're they're truly after. Because, spoiler alert, Tetra is Zelda, technically. But we'll get into that. Um, And so basically, you know, she's been kidnapped, so then Link and Tetra come together to rescue Ariel... (laughs) Sorry, also, I don't know how you say it, right? I've never said this in real life. Link's sister in Windmaker, is it Ariel or Arl? What is it? Because every time I say Ariel, I just feel like I'm in Little Mermaid and like the little fucking lobster is being like, Ariel! <laughs> you know? Oh my God, Sebastian the Crab in Windmaker. I, I don't um, know how to say it. I <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I always just, I didn't even realise I think she had a name. I always just call her like the little sister that exists only in this version of the game, only in this game. So it must be Ariel. It must be because Ariel, now you said it and I can't unhear it. Like, because now think about it. If Link, if it's the other way, Link, Link will be like, hey guys, like this is my sister, Ariel. Otherwise, that's all it would be. Yeah. (laughs) Ariel makes sense because it's closer to an actual name than Ariel. Who <laughs> which just sounds like Earl <laughs> Or someone in Earl. slight pain. Earl <laughs> This is my little sister Earl. Um <laughs> just like you had so a stroke anyway, halfway through. So anyway, Earl is uh is obviously kidnapped. They go looking for her. Um the story unfolds. I'm not gonna go through the whole storyline of the game. So yeah, uh, basically, summarize. there's not really much else to say about that without going towards the end of the game and doing some spoilers, but Tetra is fucking awesome. Tetra is just an awesome pirate badass, and um, I'm not going to... I will go on to a, a few bits in a minute, but I wanted to hear your kind of take on, on Tetra before I take over the whole pick. I think we've got very similar opinions. I think I really liked that she was this bossy, no-messing kind of lady or bad girl. Bitch. Yeah, she is. She's a bad bitch, and I think... The fact that she's got all these pirates to respect her, even despite that, I think they're all a lot older than her. They're all like grown men just on this little ship with this tiny little pirate lady. All right, now you made it weird. No, no, no. I didn't mean it to be weird. I just meant it to be like, you know, she's, it's like in Game of Thrones. I can't never remember her name, but there's a small, there's a small girl 
in that that takes over a whole town. I don't know. I ha- I'm not. I'm not that familiar with Game of Thrones. Have you watched Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> There's a small girl. In oh, it. you're thinking. Oh, I know you're thinking. You're thinking of the um. She's uh, the the Mormont girl, the one that yes. basically becomes. Yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's more yeah. like that. She's just so badass that the they respect the hell out of her. It's not That's weird. True. It's like yeah. a respectful like, whatever. But yeah, I I like her for this reason. But I also like that she is a bit of a softy, really. A lot of the time like she'll act like oh i'm gonna murder you but she never would um and i yeah. think they know that and i think what i do enjoy about her is she is kind of like she's a little bit like navi sometimes because you get um a little locket in the game right where she can mm-hmm. talk to you yeah. every so often and guide you and i think it is nice having that slight reminder of navi but she's a cool navi she's not just the irritating like hey listen you know like you know that there's a person behind there just bossing it around and telling Link what to do. Um, and yeah. I think she's one of the first Zelda females that I've come across when I was playing it that didn't just instantly fall in love with Link. That I yes. didn't like him very much towards the start. Like, she mocks him a lot. Yeah. She Which thinks I he's a bit stupid. It. Yeah, and I, yeah. you would, naturally. Like, Link doesn't talk and he's just a bit of an idiot. So I, I appreciated her for that quite a lot. Yeah. No, she's she's very cool and I think that like yeah, as you said she was probably one of the fir- one of the first to kind of be outwardly badass in the sense that she's not just someone that's getting rescued like but then also she she does become like as you go out for, like throughout the game she does become a lot you realize that she's actually quite kind and she's quite caring. Mm. Um and she just has I think I guess like what would be like a hard exterior, right? She's just yeah. to begin with you can tell that she's probably very slow to trust and things like that and then obviously starts to trust Link and everything and it's all kind of it's all okay in the end. But yeah, which is which is fine, which is I think is was a good kind of natural relationship to happen. Yeah. It worked. Because, and I think it worked yeah. for the the game and the way that she's introduced and yeah, her character's just really well well done, I think. Um, I don't really have any facts apart from the fact that apparently during the development of Twilight Princess, Tetra was used as a placeholder for Midna when riding Wolf Link before, oh. the, I guess, Midna was kind of, like, properly made. Nice. Um, yeah, that was cool. I have some facts if you don't have many others. Oh, actually, the only thing I'll say, this probably, I probably should have said this before, but um, what I was going to go back to was the fact about the whole is Tetra Zelda debate, because it seems to be this big thing about it, because I was, like, looking into it and I couldn't quite remember the way in which the game kind of explains it. A lot of people are saying, no, Tetra isn't Zelda, or yes, Tetra is Zelda. And it's really confusing. But I think the way, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think the way I've decided from watching a few cutscenes to get back into the game is I don't think that Tetra is technically Zelda because it seems that she has, she's not, she was born of that world. It wasn't like she was frozen in time or anything, like in like Breath of the Wild and shit like that, like with Link. Like there was no freezing of time. She's a descendant of zelda i think like the the original zelda is like from what i'm aware so technically she's got like that blood because the whole thing was that he was looking for someone of, of highly in descent um she does at one point in the game sort of start to look like zelda and her appearance does change and funnily enough she becomes more white which there was a lot of controversy with the fact that they were like are you whitewashing her because as tetra she had quite like darker skin but then a lot of people are like oh maybe it's just the fact that she was a pirate and she's in the sun a lot and the king was kind of projecting his version of zelda onto her i'm not quite sure it's a whole thing but the way i kind of see it is tetra is still kind of her own person but she it has got the kind of like the blood of zelda and she probably is an incarnation but i would say that i would still call her tetra i just kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were on that 
Yeah, I so I kind of always just just assumed they were one because mm. in I think in more than just Wind Waker, she does kind of transform into Zelda. I think she does in I'm pretty sure she does in Spirit Tracks and in Phantom Hourglass. At some point, she takes on Zelda's form again. I think especially when you're fighting Ganon mm. at the end, she kind of ends up transforming into the the version of Zelda that you kind of know with but the is hair. She, and does the dress. that make her Zelda, or does that but just I, mean so that she now, is like an incarnation of a yeah. sort of? So now you're saying that, now I think that maybe that was more than what they were trying to get at, because I always kind of just took the obvious route of like, oh, she transforms into Zelda, she is Zelda, but she just chooses to chooses to be more Tetra mm. most of the time, because that's how she grew up. But to be right, honest, maybe it I, is just yeah. a form of, maybe it is just, um, she just kind of embodies Zelda every so often. The but internet then... hasn't quite agreed, so like, mm. I, it's just, I think it's one of those things that everyone's going to be like never sh- necessarily sure of because the game doesn't quite give you an access explanation maybe there is that information somewhere but i i couldn't find it from when i was like scanning through but yeah it's a tough one yeah yeah now you've now you've kind of put those that thought in my head i'm not sure either but either so. way she's a very cool version of zelda if she is so yes pirate zelda. yeah <laughs> um yeah um i don't have any facts do you apart from that what i said before um yeah so i've got a couple couple little facts Mm-hmm. Um, one is that according to the book Hyrule Historia, which came out uh, a little while ago now, but uh, her hairstyle was based on the designs of wind and smoke in Wind Waker. That was a really pointless yeah. fact that I found. I can but see I was that. like, it's nice. Yeah, it's a design uh, fact. It, yeah, there you go. Design fact. I'm going to start labeling all the facts. This next one is a just a fact i can't think of a design thing for it um but basically her pistol she uses a pistol in hyrule warriors because she makes appearance in there as a playable character and um she uses a gun in that she uses a little pistol um and it's actually one of the first times that a gun has ever appeared in the zelda series i say one of it is the only appearance of a gun in the zelda series apparently which i found weird when i was trying to think about it but yeah apparently it is apparently she doesn't have a gun in thingy in Wind Waker or any of I the swear she has a gun. No, I swear... If that's the first version of a gun, I swear the guy in Phantom Hourglass has a gun. Maybe... A gun. Maybe it's... Maybe he doesn't use like, it. Yeah, maybe her... Maybe it's the time that you can use it, because obviously Hyrule mm. Warriors is... You play as all the different characters and fight off stuff. It's like Dynasty Warriors, but Zelda is great. Um, and maybe that's the first time you as a player get to use it, rather than see one. I'm not sure. That was that fact. Mm. Um, and then one of my facts is more of a just, I feel like it was just someone guessing, but the fact that her name could come from some various different places. There was mm-hmm. musings about where the name Tetra came from. Um, one of which was uh, the ancient Greek word uh, for meaning of four, which is similar to why Tetris is called Tetris. But, what, but what's what four got to do with? I don't know. This is the, mm. Like I said, this is just someone musing. It could also be from atri- the, the word Tetra, which is a South American freshwater fish, which they were like Mm -hmm. a seafaring theme. Maybe that works. Um, There was one that was like, Tetra could also allude to, now I'm not going to say this right, but it's like terahedron. Yeah. Which is like more specifically like a net, a physical shape of like tetra, like of this triforce shape. Um, Oh, I see that. I can see that. That, I feel like that... That one sense. works. Um, and then the last one is tetro, which is the Italian word for shady. No. <laughs> and they were like, maybe because she's a pirate and she's using a fake identity. But we don't know. 
They're quite far-reaching, but I see what they're trying to there do. There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot where I was like, I'm just gonna put all of these in because nobody seems to be able to decide yeah. and come up with a good reason. But I liked that someone was just sat there, like trying to think about mm. a lot of words. And I like a name fact. True, I love a name fact. Um, yeah. I've just realised because I have stolen yours, that means that I know you said you have a long list of characters and stuff, so you're able to sort of slot in one of Ooh. the other ones, which is probably actually a good thing. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Um, yeah. So that's my that's my number four, and it was your number three as well, right? Yeah, that was my number three. Um. So I can do my number four now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but now maybe as number four, I'll just throw in somebody else because I might bump up my number four to Ooh, number three. Okay. Um, in that case, let's just pick somebody off my grand grand list of people. That's probably um, one of mine or something. Yeah, I'm going to accidentally steal one. Let's talk about... Who did I almost put in? I, I almost put in... Oh, let's talk about Hetsu. Is Hetsu in your list? No. All right, we'll talk about Hetsu. So Hetsu is in uh, Breath of the Wild, and he is the giant Korok that you meet. Um, yes. He's the little tree man who shakes his maracas at you. And I oh, gosh. just could not could not fathom him when I first when I first found him. I really him. like Hetsu. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. I think it was one of those realizations when I was like, I saw him standing like I think he's just standing on the side of a cliff at some point when you first meet him. And I was just like, what is this? What is this glorious creature that I found in the middle of Breath of the Wild? And I just wandered up to him and he has this little high-pitched voice and he's really excited to see me and he starts dancing with maracas and he actually has like confetti that comes out of him when you speak to him. So I was instantly enamored um, and uh, I liked him a lot. Now Hetsu is the... So Hetsu is the character that you go and take if you play Breath of the Wild, basically every so often you can find um you can find other smaller corks hidden around the world and when you find them they give you a a thing which we've spoken about before in this podcast and we've discovered is a poop so they give you a little poop um for finding them because apparently that's the currency that you want but basically if you collect enough of these you can go and give them back to hetsu and hetsu will give you some sort of I feel like, I can't remember whether he gives you an upgrade. I think he gives you an upgrade, which is, like, to your inventory, um, so you can collect more, like, bows, arrows, weapons, and general stuff. Um, so he's pretty useful as a character. Um, and I think also, I think technically he always turns up and he's just like, I don't know where I am! Because he's supposed to be heading back to the forest where the actual Koroks all live. But he just seems to be wandering around the earth. There's not really much to say about him, but he just looks fantastic. He's like a giant dancing broccoli with maracas. Mm, I remember when I first found Hetsu and I was like, this is the most fabulous being that I've ever seen. Because, yeah, yeah, he just like shakes his maracas. And I think he says like shakalaka, doesn't he? He goes like shakalaka, shakalaka. Um, While I was just checking out some Hetsu images while you were talking about Hetsu, just to sort of remind myself of the fabulousness of Hetsu, um, I found out that apparently... If you go up to Hetsu, not wearing any clothes, he sings a song and goes like, Shaka laka laka, you are naked. <laughs> I'm not even oh kidding. Like, I had to fact check this really quickly. But he actually does say, like, naked in, in the best way possible, like, the way I... that it's said. So if you're currently playing with the world, go find Hetsu without any clothes on and enjoy that naked song. Man, that's amazing. I've, I've had a real bad craving to play Breath of the World again, so maybe I'll restart it and do this. Um, yes I've just been looking as well um, and I don't know whether this was I feel like this was probably a mission that I did but apparently he um, he loses his maracas at one point and you have to go and get them back 
from <laughs> a bunch of little bobokins um, and smash them back. Which I like. I like the fact of the stolen maracas is a thing that he cares about a lot. Of course. It's, yeah. his, it's his brand. Yeah. he's You know, he's a giant broccoli with maracas. That's the best description I can come up with for Hetsu. <laughs> he is a bit of a ridiculous one that I've put in here, but um, I did look at him a lot and go, I can't, I can't put you in. There's probably somebody else I should have spoken about that's a bit more serious, but Hetsu is, Hetsu's got my heart. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad that I'm. I'm not glad that I took yours, but like I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that we're able to get like more. If that makes yeah. sense. No, the, I'm with you. More characters, the better. I have a long list that we can talk about for um, honorable mentions. So that's fine. Good. But um, uh, yeah, number four. Right. Short and sweet. This my number three might be a crossover. Oh God. Because it's quite a prominent figure in the Zelda universe and one I think I know that we both like. So my number three is the Deku tree. Oh, no. <gasps> no? No. Okay. I'm shocked at that. I know. So the Deku tree is a very, very important, important thing. I won't say person because they are a tree and the clue is in the name. Um, they're also known as obviously the great Deku tree. Generally just there's, there's always a gigantic tree in Zelda and it's like a, a very like fatherly guardian of the forest type thing um you I mean I first personally came across the Deku Tree in Ocarina of Time I'm not sure if that's the first um incarnation of the Deku Tree but you you come across the Deku Tree quite early on in Ocarina of Time because you're Link living in the Kokiri forest and you have to basically go save the Deku Tree from all of the like the bad things that are going on inside it so you can climb into the Deku Tree um but yeah, the Deku Tree lives around the Kakiris, which are like little villagers that live around it, like little forest people. And they praise and they worship the massive tree. It's kind of like a big thing. It's just, it's part of their life. They live in the Kakiri forest and the Deku Tree is just there, like like a fathery kind of figure. Another grandfather. Yeah. You also um, come across the Deku Tree in the Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild, which I was very excited about. Um, but the difference is in, in those ones is it's not the... Um, kikiris it is the koroks mm. so they are effectively oh like correct me if i'm wrong um ocarina of time was set before the wind waker and then then everything flooded and so like basically the kikiri basically came became little leaf people which is what the koroks are which is actually yeah sorry that that's hetsu isn't it hetsu is a yeah hetsu korok. is a giant korok yeah so that's a nice segue nice so the, i think the koroks are a lot bigger in breath of the wild they're like a lot larger whereas the mm. koroks in uh wind waker are, are a lot smaller they're fucking adorable and they're like timid wood creatures it creeps me out that they became like the the, the little forest people became leaves effectively little weird leaf people but you know life has yeah. some strange turns sometimes yeah i wonder what happened to them because nobody else in the zelda universe like out of all of the creatures every all the other creatures managed to stay the same through evolution they just decided to evolve into just the yeah, they, evolved. they changed a bit hmm. but i would say that the kikiri to the koroks probably had the most drastic change i guess like yeah they, nobody else has changed that much anywhere near no. that drastic no but anyway i i just i think that the deku tree is is just a very very cool guy i, I did actually just find a quick fact to sort of explain <laughs> segueing um to sort of why maybe they became leaves um but apparently there was a great flood so what i was saying the windmaker um everything flooded 
Um, and the Koroks obviously somehow survived, but they were the ones that were then tasked, sorry, the Kikiri survived, became Koroks, and they were tasked with planting new trees. So, like, that's a, that, I guess that's a part of it, is, like, they obviously evolved to become something to live within a sea-type environment. Because mm. um, the Great Deku tree apparently will, will sprout these, and then they take them. I think, basically, they evolved alongside the Deku tree and maybe they had to become these little leaf people to survive or whatever I'm not sure either way they're all connected these little beings are connected to the tree um and the the cute thing as well is just the fact that they kind of like help him because by planting them the Deku tree continues to survive so they're kind of like living this no I used to be able to know this word it's kind of like a mutual relationship. As if there's a more sciencey word. Symbiotic. To explain it. Symbiotic. There you go. They're living this like cute symbiotic life, whereas and they both kind of help each other to survive. And I just think that's super cute. But I guess the reason why I love the Deku Tree is because he's incredibly wise. He has survived, and I mean, I guess survive might not be the correct term. He's a little mm-hmm. bit like the other characters like link and zelda and i think you get different reincarnations because he can die but then he always seems to sprout again so as i said like i think towards the end of uh, ocarina of time you get one of my favorite incarnations of the deku tree which is (laughs) the deku scrub right the cute little stump the deku stump appears um, in the ground and you can see that that's going to be the Deku tree and then maybe maybe that is the Deku tree that you see in Wind Waker like who knows these trees could last could hundreds and hundreds of years and I just really enjoy this consistent side of Zelda where there are certain things that normally you'll always get and that's the Deku tree and he's always wise as fuck yeah and I think maybe he is wise as fuck because he's one of those characters that's just constantly reincarnating but it's the mm-hmm. same one so he just maybe just carries his knowledge over yeah and i always just think that he's also really cool to to gaze upon like especially like when you come across him he's he's quite cool in breath of the wild he's like this huge tree in this like swampy area and and uh ocarina time was you know back in the day it was it was pretty cool as well it's just it's just nice i don't know what it is i like a talking tree well it's it's always quite like you said it's quite a wise feeling it's like coming across a Mm. wise owl and it's a bit pocahontas yes there's a talking tree in that yeah and it's it's hard to say more about the Deku tree really like I I think it's just kind of I like the consistency of the Deku tree I always like his incarnations I just think he's just a really cool character um I seem to like a, a wise man I like a wise man boat and I like a wise man tree yeah you're liking the grandfather figures a lot in the uh in yeah. Zelda series is what I'm realizing I'm I'm also a big fan of the Deku tree I mean the Deku scrub is what you name me and that's where my stri- <laughs> my twitch name comes from so True. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the scrubs. And tree um, I only have one fact, and that is apparently that it's speculated that the Great Deku Tree stump appears in Twilight Princess, and the stump is located to the south of the Great Bridge of Hylia in the Lanaru province. Um, it's quite a large stump, including that it may have been the Great Deku Tree, and there's also like choo choos apparently. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that that name. <laughs> choo choos um, around the Forest Haven and Wimoka, as well as them appearing around that stump in Twilight Princess. So it could be hinting that that is the Deku Tree, which is incredibly depressing because that means that the Deku Tree is dead because I can't remember the Deku Tree in Twilight Princess, so that must be that must be his yeah. corpse. Gross. That's um, part of the dark timeline as well, isn't it? The, um, that's true. Oh, yeah, so that would be a very be. dark timeline thing to happen. The Deku Tree dies. Very upsetting. Um, but also, the Deku Tree might also move around, so we don't, we don't know for sure. Um, yeah. When I say move around, I don't mean that he gets up and has a walk. I mean, like, <laughs> when, the, when a new 
tree is planted or whatever he'll he'll pop up somewhere but it doesn't have to be exactly on where that one was but mm. yeah it was just nice. it, i think with the deku tree it wasn't one that i fully thought about loads i was just kind of like i love that tree so and i yeah. love the corks and i love the things that live around them and i think it's cool to just have that kind of awesome character in a game and have these kind of leaf people i'm a very earthy person i like trees and i like earthy things and and to have cool forest people living around a cool big old tree i like it yeah i'm i'm with you out of all of the different like elements and people like i'm a, i'm an earthy it's why i think i like the goron so much um yeah. so i think i'm the foresty the foresty types are good um and wise trees i mean you can't go wrong with a wise tree i don't think no no love an old wise tree anyway that was a short and sweet one for me cool all right then um so my number three this was going to be my number four but i have now bumped this lady up mm-hmm. so i am going to be talking about um i didn't mean to do this but i'm talking about another breath of the wild character i'm going to be talking about milfa <laughs> who's that milfa all right so i wondered if you're gonna have this so milfa is basically i don't know if that's how you say her name i'm going to assume this is it, also known as princess milfa who is the zora champion ah yes so i've only played breath of the wild once very like about a year ago two years ago and i can't remember too many characters but i oh god oh oh no 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 okay i i typed this in google and i obviously got the wrong word oh no i typed milfa which i thought you meant like m-i-l-f-a zelda and then i've just had pictures of breasts and other things on my screen (laughs) help you, t- you essentially you... typed MILF into your Google search yeah. history, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Just okay, close to... the tab. <laughs> it's, it's For anyone else who doesn't want to stumble across... Um, uh, I don't know where to go from here. It's M-I-P-H-A. Oh, Oh, there you Mifa. go. Okay, go, that's good. Go, go to the fish lady. Fish lady is what you want. I'm just going to go scrub my eyes out. All right. I'll, um, I'll keep talking while you try and wipe that from your brain. Um... So, <laughs> I really don't... This has thrown me now. Right. Princess Melfa is the Zora champion in uh, Breath of the Wild. So, if you've not played Breath of the Wild, it is, um, it's part of the open world one. And she is basically one of the main kind of characters that you come across. She has um, her own little voice. She's voice acting, so she's one of the main people. She is also um, the character that you go and rescue from one of the divine beasts. So... You've got to go across the land and beat all the Defined Beasts, and she's one of these characters. She possesses a um, unique ability to heal others, and is the daughter of King Dolphran and sister of Prince Sidon. So if you, again, if you play the game, you'll meet Prince Sidon. And everyone loves Prince Sidon. They go mental over this fish man, and I don't know why. I mean, I like him. He's great. But um, I think there's a, there's a lot of thirsty people after Prince Sidon. Um, the reason I think I most like Milfa is I think she's got one of the most interesting stories. She's got quite a lot of depth to her for being essentially a non-playable kind of princess character. And I think when you compare her a bit to um, the other princess Zora that you meet back in um, Ocarina of Princess Ruto, she feels like she's got a little bit more down to earth. She's less spoiled than Princess Ruto, who makes you carry her through a giant belly of a whale creature um milfa seems to be a girl who goes after stuff by herself so again this is gonna be quite a spoilery thing so turn off if you don't want to hear anything about this but um during the game it's revealed that she and link have known each other when link was about four years old um and she watches him kind of grow up and i think eventually falls in love with him so like all some of the quite a lot of women in the zelda universe they all love link um and milfa is 
Milford is a particular one. But I quite feel for Milford in this one. So Milford um, really loves Link, falls in love with him. Um, and during the time like when Link's growing up, he becomes this great swordman. He goes and picks up the Master Sword. But he kind of starts to change around that time. And Milford notices this. So that when Zelda, when a lot of shit goes down with Ganon, because it's always Ganon and it's always doing something, Zelda asks Milford to pilot one of the Divine Beasts. And she accepts this purely believing because she wants to help in any way to do so for Link. Like, she's always doing everything for, for him. So just before she heads off to go and basically fight Ganon for Link, she makes this suit of armour, which apparently is a, is a thing you do if you want to make a future husband. So she creates Link this, like, Zora armour, um, intending it to present it to Link before she goes off to battle. But after seeing how close him and Zelda have become after mm. he becomes her guardian, she never gives it to him, sadly. She decides she doesn't want to talk to him about it um, and just kind of puts it away. And uh, although apparently her father and sis, like his her brother, sorry, Prince I don't know about it, um, they don't ever say anything. And off she goes. And uh, sadly, she dies in that, in that battle. Oh, I forgot is... how sad this game was. Yeah, it's really sad. So she dies. And this is um, 100 years in the past for when you're playing breath of the wild so she essentially her spirit gets trapped within the divine beast and then when you return and you actually play as link you kind of start to uncover this you because you kind of regain your memory you discover all of this and you free her and it's quite a sad story as it all starts to Mm. unfold because you get the armor that she left for you and she kind of her spirit just kind of passes on and she gives you her special power it's just it's a really sad heart-wrenching story that she just really loved Link and wanted to do anything yeah. to do what she could and she never got her chance um, I I don't know what it is about her but she just seemed it was one of those strong kind of female characters that you get in Zelda sometimes but with a little bit more of a human-y kind of side to her mm-hmm. I think but yeah, yeah I, think... I, I I was going to say, like, I, I really enjoyed her character. I must say, though, I, I enjoyed it more when I changed my um, language on Breath of the Wild to Japanese. <laughs> because <laughs> I found her voice actor in the English version to be super annoying. But then I found that for a lot of them. So I actually, yeah, I switched it to be Japanese. And I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed her character. I thought she was very cool. Um... I think the reason why I haven't picked many Breath of the Wild characters for this list is because I only played it once and I don't know I I feel like I haven't I didn't get to know the characters enough I think I need to play it again and and go through it a lot more I remember I really deep dived into the game and I I had a really good time but I don't think I I had a chance to really feel like I kind of connected um a lot of time for some reason with Zelda games I have to play them a lot um yeah but yeah, no, she was a very good character, and I love Azora. It does make me laugh, though, that um, there's always Azora after Link at somewhere, isn't there, in the world? Yeah, the Zoras, they love a Link. They, uh, mm. They're pretty thirsty for, for Link, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... I was going to say, did you do some of the more um, kind of like memory unlock pieces of Breath of the yes. Wild? Yes. Okay. I think I did it all, I think. I was like super I was super into the lore and collecting everything because it's my, my my brain is like must complete everything. Yeah. Um I think I was I was sad I was very saddened by that one. I, I, I enjoyed Zelda and Link's kind of relationship and I think I was just sad by by hers because it was this kind of heartbreaking story about the fact that you could tell that she always loved him and then and then she like died and it was yeah, it was really Oh, it's just quite sad, really. Yeah. I think that's why I picked it, because it was just... It was one of the stories in Zelda that was a little bit more... 
I don't know, fully, fully kind of rounded out because I think mm. a lot of the time you meet some of these characters and I think, like we were kind of saying with this, like there's a lot of women in Zelda who seem to love Link in terms of like, especially when you talk about like Ocarina of Time, you've got Sahara, Zaria, Zaria, those kind of things, uh, Talon, mm. like loads and loads of women just seem to fall at the feet of Link, but they don't really have much of a story outside of that, um, of that reason. And I think she was one of the characters that kind of did have a little bit more um, more going on, even if most of it did kind of still revolve around him. There was like a fully, almost an end to it because of the fact that yeah. she did die. Um, but yeah, I think I just I just quite enjoyed her as a character. She's one of these things, I quite like her character design as well. I liked that she has this kind of crazy red skin. She's a little bit more fish-like, but not... Um, she reminds me a lot of the aliens in the star wars universe with the like the women with the they're often slave women i don't know why but they're like they've got the head things oh yeah that's the word i'm looking for thank you yeah i i was always um i was always like quite i never was sure whether i liked the way that the Zoras looked in breath of the wild i could never quite vibe with it i think i preferred their general incarnation in ocarina of time to what they look like in Breath of the Wild. It was a lot for me to kind of like <laughs> take in. I don't like change. Um, <laughs> but but generally, like, I, I think she was definitely one of like the cooler looking ones. Like I really, I really enjoyed her, her design. She didn't, because some of them, they look like sharks, right? They look like weird shark people because a lot of them will have like these giant, like weird headpieces. Some of them look like um, hammerhead sharks. Mm-hmm. Some of them, yeah. not, not Princess, her, but. Prince Sidon, her brother does. He's very yeah. hammerheady. Um, yeah, kind of designed to look like that. I kind of but liked I, that. Yeah. I kind of felt mm. like they felt like they'd evolved, and because we kind of know there's this weird long passing of time um, in a lot of the a lot of the Zeldas, because apparently she is related to Princess Ruto and those kind of things. She's an ancestor, oh. so yeah. I get the idea that they've kind of evolved to be maybe more sharky. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, no, I I I am uh, approving of this of this nice. pick um yeah i don't have many facts about her she's quite difficult to find facts on um other than apparently she was the best pilot of all of the people who go to pilot the divine beast apparently zelda says she's the best one that was a really weird fact uh, that i found and then apparently she also wears um a blue cloth which is also worn by all the other champions which i'd never actually noticed when playing it but when somebody pointed out in this fact i kind of started to notice that everybody wears some sort of blue cloth and so does uh, Link in the start of the game. They have all the nice. same colour. So, yeah. Weird fact, but a fact <laughs> nonetheless. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my number three. Okay. So we are on to my number two, which I don't think is a surprise. Um, well, it won't be to you, but... Yeah. I am incredibly sorry, but I've picked another character from Wind Waker. <laughs> Again, I didn't mean to do this. This was a complete and utter accident. This is just me being living my best honest life. Okay. Yep. Just um, Wind Waker. Just happened to be that there's just really fucking great characters in Wind Waker. But nine number two is a lovely and cute little character called Makar. Mm-hmm. I thought you might have Makar. This is this isn't a surprise. Anyone that does know me to an extent knows. I had a chameleon um, that I called Makar because I loved Makar from from Mimica so much that I decided to to name my chameleon after him, which I thought was was fitting because mm, he's like worked. a little green tree dweller creature. Yeah. So Makar Makar <laughs> Makar changing the name. Makar. 
Maycar is basically a um, Korok from the Forest Haven, which is exactly what we were just talking about with the Deku Tree. So when we were talking about Koroks and the fact that they were planting stuff and they were doing stuff, living in this kind of world with the Deku Tree, Maycar is a Korok from the Forest Haven. And basically all of the Koroks are under the care of the Great Deku Tree. And obviously the Great Deku Tree is their kind of like father figure. But Maycar holds a special position amongst the Koroks as he is their only musician and performs for them regularly. He's also the one musician which performs their sort of annual ritual where they all go off and plant all these cute seeds around the world to make all the trees, which is really cute. And uh, yeah, so his forte is the um, is the violin, which looks like a cello when he plays it, but that's only because he's so small that um, the violin is obviously just really big. And that's why it looks like a cello, but it's just a violin. But he's holding with his little body. He's so small. He's so <laughs> he's small. So small. Um, but Maycar actually, like, you basically you come you come across Maycar because he's missing. He's missing, and they need to do the big ceremony for all the tree planting and stuff. But Maycar's missing, and everyone's like, "Fuck, gotta get Maycar." So you go off as Link to find Maycar in like a dungeon, and you help him. And it's really cute because he basically like I think you can use him for certain parts in the game. Like he flies with a propeller on his back, so I think. He helps you like move around and things, which is a really cool mechanic. The fact that he's kind of like involved in the quest. Um, so yeah, you go help him, and then obviously you come to do the big celebration and make our plays that fucking violin like a pro. But then later on in the game, spoiler alert, it does seem that Maycar is is gonna be one of the Sage of Wind, like basically one of the the sages. So if you've ever played a Zelda game, you'll know that the sages they're basically the really important people to do with the whole Triforce, the, the world, everything. And he, he is a successor to Fado, the Kakiri. So the Kakiri, Fado, you come across in Ocarina of Time. I think he's a Belend. I can't remember. Um, he's a, I think he's a really annoying one. But he becomes yeah, a sage be. in that. And I think then Maycar takes over. Which is cool. Like, Maycar has this important, important thing to do in the world. But I think I get confused by the whole sage thing. Because I, I honestly think, and I don't know if this is true, that when someone becomes a sage, they effectively die, right? Because they go think, into this kind of world of like, yeah, it's not it's, quite here or there. You definitely become a spirit, but I think you become like a god spirit. Mm. But you're yeah, definitely in the spirit world now. I think yeah. you can exist outside of it. Yeah. So, I mean, to summarise, all I would have to say about Maker is he's fucking cute. He's one of, in my <laughs> opinion, one of the cutest Koroks. I'd pick him over Kakiri any day. And he's just, there's something so lovable and sweet about him. No one could ever hate Maycar. I really want to get a Maycar tattoo, to be honest. Um, not only because it like means something to me for my chameleon that I had, but also just because Maycar is just fucking adorable. <laughs> he plays that violin so he, adorably. He does. He's a little jammer. He jams out yeah. all the time. I, yeah. Just just found him really endearing. Like, I, I can't, yeah. I don't have a, a cool reason for loving Maycar. I just do. I mean, he is a tiny little, like, spirit creature. He reminds me a lot if you've ever watched... I mean, I know you have, but if you're listening, if you've ever watched um, Princess Mononoke, the Studio Ghibli film, like, the little um, forest people yeah. in that, the little forest spirits, like, that's kind of... He's got the same kind of face, and I would wonder if they're kind of both inspired by the same, like, folklore. They make similar Japan. noises as well. So when you, I think when you mm. see the sp- forest spirits in Mononoke, they kind of make, like, a jingling sound and make our... And a lot of them do make oh, that jingling sound jingle. because he carry he carries like um, I think on his violin there's like bells and stuff like they have kind of jingly jingliness to them. Um, I've realised I've probably forgotten actually to describe Maker. He's basically a leaf person. I feel like I don't know if I described his appearance. They're basically leaf. 
things. They look like leaves. It's like a little a little root. Like a little if you've got a tiny piece yeah. of ginger and stuck a leaf with a face on it, that that's makeup. Yeah. That's the best description I can come up with. Um, I've got a couple of facts, not many. Um, right. and that is that apparently that all Korok's faces appear to have leaves that are real world counterparts. So Makar, um his maybe seen to be a type of Catalpa, Aspen, back basswood or Redbud. Um they all sort of have heart-shaped leaves that are smooth-edged when juvenile. So it seems that they've they've done quite cool research for like the leaves for the for the Koroks and actually having like these real-world kind of things. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So apparently, also Maycar's name is derived from the Maycar plant, and also in Scotland, apparently a Maycar is a type of bard that plays music in the royal court, um, which is fitting with his skill with the violin and how he's one of the sages who has a quite an important job of playing music. So I thought that was cool. We, as you said, we love a name fact. Mm. Yeah, they're always the like the etymology of some of these places, like names are always just mm. there's always they're always deeper than you think they're going to be. I think, yeah, which is nice, yeah, very cool. Okay, Aww. that's my number two. Nice, I like that number two. That's a good good number two. So, um, my number two, and I'm not sure whether we've got this one, but my number two is um again another very much returning supporting character, and that is Impa. Nice. I do you know. I thought you were going to have Impa. I yeah, I love Impa. Impa's one of my favourite characters um in the Zelda. And she is I would say Impa is basically very much less she's becoming less and less of a just a recurring character mm-hmm. and more of one of those staple characters in which she has a different incarnation pretty much in every Zelda game. She's just one of these people who seems to always appear. Um, to mostly be Zelda's bodyguard and kind of like nurse or helper um, but really she's like a badass bitch she's very cool <laughs> She, she's one of these people who like I said she is a bodyguard and she does really look after Zelda a lot I think especially in uh, she, I know I think I first met her in Ocarina um, and she's essentially like the attendant and bodyguard in that like normal and she does a great job of keeping Zelda safe in that in which when uh, when Ganon, you know, does his shit, Ganondorf's coming in, taking over the castle, she flees with uh, little Zelda and takes her off to safety, while apparently also protecting Kakariku Village. Uh, she's very much attached to the the Impus. So the Impu actually, apparently, so this is like a half-fact, half-thing, the Impu is essentially a family name, so there can be many different Impus, which is why she gets a lot of different uh, different reincarnations, and she's part of the Sheikah tribe. Um, and I won't talk too much about the Sheikahs because I think we've mentioned Sheik before um, and that kind of connection there but she's essentially the one of those in that kind of special tribe um, and when she takes Zelda away to go and save her and also protect the Kakariku village um, she kind of takes on that role as, uh, as Sheik as well which is cool not being Sheik but helping Sheiks and training Sheikahs she's in that, yeah. that vibe it's difficult sure. to talk about I don't think I realise like how prevalent she really is throughout the games. Yeah. And I think that's because she's so different in her reincarnations. Because I, I, I honestly forgot that in Breath of the Wild, like you do get to see her young, right? Like obviously when you're when Link's about, she's old, but then obviously she was younger in so Zelda's time, right? In yeah, so in Zelda's time, yeah, she's about twenty in in the Breath of like the early sense, and then you go a hundred years into the future in breath of the wild and she's about 120 they call her yeah so she's old. and then 
And then Impa is obviously also in Ocarina. I remember her. She scared yeah. the shit out of me, but then I also had a crush on her um, because obviously, like, she's Zelda's protector, but she's also very much like she could fucking kill you if she wanted to. Um, she's very threatening. She's got very threatening presence, but also she it's does. like. Um, but the, I absolutely adore. I adore the um, aesthetic and the look of the of Impa, but also the Sheiks as well. I love the white yeah. hair and the fucking cool armor. Like, there's something. So I think we spoke about it actually in, in our fashions. Um, there's something so cool about all of the clothing, about all of the just the general look. And I I I want to cosplay as well. I know you said you were gonna. I I the more I look at them, I'm like fucking hell, they're badass. And yeah, uh, yeah and Impa Impa is is very very cool. Yeah, and I think you're right, like, as well as being a part of the Chico, who are just really cool, Impa especially, in all her reincarnations, just always seems to be really cool. That's one of the things about Skyward Sword, um, again, it's because it's not coming out, and the reason I want to replay it, she's got quite a big role in that one, um, and she is quite a bit, she has a lot of heroic things to do in that game without spoiling it too much, um, I'm not going to spoiler on that, but you get to see her, again, I think both young and old in that game, so she just yeah there's just a lot about Impa she's quite a mysterious character in general and of all the things she does but she's always there she's always doing something and apparently she is pretty much in most Zelda games and she's always doing the same thing not only does she always protect Zelda but she is always giving super important information and helping Link out in pretty much everything um in she's also got so many titles so i've got all of her titles here that she gets so in (laughs) ocarina of time she becomes the sage of shadow so she actually helps lock ganon away in that one she's also called the servant of a goddess the agent of a goddess general impa commander impa lady impa and royal advisor and loyal friend maybe we should Um, just call it the legend of impa the (laughs) legend we should at this point it's impa's game and you can get out that's what i've decided (laughs) stupid link getting in the way she wouldn't be anything get rid of them wouldn't do anything without impa impa's basically done all of it she's always the one giving all the information away but yeah she's just a very cool character and like i said she's got this wise aspect to her a lot of the time and then she's also got this very cool kick-ass scary lady vibe about her it's just it kind of (laughs) works for her it works for both ways she could be the soft old woman version and the i will murder you version which i like i like about her a lot um yeah I have, not, again, not that many facts of her, but um, in The Wind Waker, apparently, although she doesn't appear in it, there is a stained glass window of her in the Hyrule Castle basement, along with the other seven sages, I think, from Ocarina. Uh, a naming fact, we've got Impa's name comes from the word in part, in which, because she apparently imparts the legend of Sleeping Zelda in the second Zelda game, but I think it's also because she just imparts a shit ton of knowledge onto Link all the time. Right, um, okay, that makes sense. Which also feeds into my ending fact, which is she has been in the first two Zelda games on the NES. However, oh, you really? would only know this if you check the manual. So she appears in the manual as Impera, and I think she's old in it, um, in the first two ones. But yeah, she apparently does, she is mentioned in those if you read them. Oh, man. So she's around, like, a lot more than you think um, in most Zelda games. Some form of her is either there or she's at least mentioned as uh, Zelda's bodyguard. Because I guess you can't have Zelda without the bodyguard because she's always a princess and princesses always need some bodyguards. True, true. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's kind of it for Impa. She, like Nikki was saying, like, she's one of my favourite characters um, and I would love to cosplay her or Paya. One of the... just, Just a Sheikah. I just love them. 
They're just great. Can you do the old lady in for cosplay? Because that would be fantastic. Sure. <laughs> Done. Just, That's not gonna take just, much work to be fair. I'll just put a blanket on me and get a like white wig. Yeah. Wrinkle up my face. Either, either Skyward Sword, Old Impa, or Breath of the Wild, Old Impa. I feel like I feel like that would be a good thing. Yeah. You know, actually talking about Breath of the Wild Impas, I you know when you go into the um into the shrines, I'm pretty sure you know the old shriveled up people in the shrines. Uh, yeah. I think they might be sheiks, like sheikah people. Oh, they gross me out, those things. Yeah. They look similar because they've got the hair in the, like, plait yeah. off to one side. I've just oh, had that no. thought. That was just a random thing. Maybe I'll be that version. Oh, God, no, please. Shriveled up version. Don't, don't do that. Babushka realness. Oh, that's true. You would be a bit babushka. Well, either way, a, a, <laughs> an Impa cosplay would be cool, whether it's dead Impa or alive Impa, whatever, whatever do, you fancy. I'll do both. Like, maybe I'll transition. Maybe if we ever go get to actually go to a, like, Comic-Con, I'll Throughout do, like, day. sexy, <laughs> do sexy young Impa in the daytime, and then I'll do old grandma Impa at night. <laughs> get you a girl that can do both. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. All yeah. right, so... All right, number two done. So we're on to honourable? Yeah, so I really want to get a lot of these out of the way because I just want to apologise to everyone the fact that like I feel like my picks were really shit. So I feel like this is my time to bring it back a little bit and actually mention some characters that maybe other people would have liked because um, I just seem to be very transfixed on a few that are just from the same game. <laughs> so shall I go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you could go first or we could do one on one. Funnily enough, Impa was in my honorable mentions, but um, another honorable mention. Oh shit! I've just, I've literally just said that I'm not going to mention the same game. But my top honorable mention is Medley from The Wind Waker. <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's a Ruto. No, mm-hmm. Ruto. What are they? Ruto's? Rita? Ruto's. Yeah, Ruto's. Ruto's. Yeah. Uh, bird people. She's very cool. She she plays a little harp, and she is a, a big part of the game. I also want to mention. Uh, the the princess ruto we touched upon her a little while ago i know you're probably like what the fuck are you doing mentioning princess ruto in your honorable mentions she's an annoying little fuck but i actually when i was younger had a bit of a um crush on the old princess ruto the one that's you know grown and an adult she's quite Um, sexy i don't know what it was i found her really annoying when she was younger and had to carry around that thing but also when she was older i was kind of like hmm maybe i should just ditch zelda yeah um uh Sheik, I've put on my list. The reason mm-hmm. I didn't put Sheik on, I think, was that was when I was in competition with with Tetra and Sheik because I was like, Sheik mm-hmm. is cool, but Sheik is basically Zelda. Whereas Tetra, there's like a, a, a more confusing line of Tetra is actually a cool pirate badass, mm-hmm. whereas Sheik is literally just Zelda's pirate self. So I was like, well, I may as well just pick Zelda in that case. And I was like, nah, fuck that. Um, my other pick is Malin from Ocarina of Time. She's probably one of my favourite characters from Ocarina of Time. She is the one that is originally has a pona. She has a bit of a sad life. It's just her and her dad living on the, the ranch. But she has a great singing voice. And obviously we have her to thank for a pona's song. And I just love everything about Malin. I think she's a really sweet um, farm girl. And I think she's super cute. And part of me wants her to just live a life with Link and, and that be that. Oh, I also... Same with Ocarina of Time. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Everyone has different ways of saying this, which is Saria. Yeah, I'm the same. I can't never say whether I'm supposed to say her name right. I think it's Saria, in my yeah. opinion. That's how it's spelt. Um, she is one of the first characters you meet in Ocarina of Time. She has green hair. She is one of the Kakiri people. Her and Link have a little bit of a thing going on, I think. You don't see her much afterwards because she becomes a sage. But she's very cool. 
I really like her. And my last but not least, actually no, that's not last but not least, sorry. Um, I'm going to mention Pyre quickly, mention Pyre as well, Pyre is awesome. Yeah. That's Breath of the Wild as well, we just spoke about them. Um, last but not least, sorry Beedle, but you're not making number one spot, I've got your mama mentions. Beedle, we I love you, not. but you're not, you're not a number one for me. Oh. Wow. <laughs> what about your mama mentions? Don't want to talk about now. Um, so my... <laughs> My honourable mentions are, um, I've got Agatha from um, Twilight Princess. She's a weird bug collecting girl. I thought that was going to be your number one because what? I know how much you love bugs. I mean, I love love a bug. and But Agatha, she's all right. But yeah, she's in there. Um, yeah, I've got that one. I've got um, uh, Ralvio from, um, oh God, what is it? It's like between Link Between Two Worlds. The one mm-hmm. on the DS, that one's a, it's a really good game. Um, Ralvio is essentially like, a version of Link that is a coward. He's a really cool character in that. Um, I've got the Happy Mask Salesman and what Skull the Kid fuck? from. What the fuck? I know, right? Horrible. They're horrible characters. I mean, they, they're honorable mentions, but they're interesting characters. They're terrifying characters, but they're really interesting characters. That's true. That's um, true. I think Skull Kid as well is a very misunderstood character. I love, I love him. Um, you would want to meet him in a dark alley, but no, definitely not. Never want to see him anywhere. But you know, he's around. Um, I've got, I've got the Grandma from Wind Waker. Because shout out to Granny making the soup, yeah. making good old soup. Um, I've also got Fee from Skyward Sword, the little that sword I woman. Do not know what the what the fuck that why you put her in there. I hate her so much. <laughs> I mean, it's like having Navi in here, right? She's just a companion. She's a weird companion. I think she's a very like underrated companion. Um, I know everyone found her really weird because she is just a sword. She basically is the master sword. But I think she deserves a mention. She's an interesting one. Um, Fine, whatever. Uh, I've also got Linebeck from uh, Phantom Hourglass. Um, He's one of the pirate captains. He's a big giant creep and coward, but I like him. I've got Erslo from the Minish Cap, who is basically the Minish Cap. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also got uh, Daruk and Rivali in there from um, Breath of the Wild as well. Rivali is the Ruto uh champion and daruk is the goron champion from there as well nice i always want to say shout out to the dancing couple as well oh nice <laughs> from ocarina of time and majora's mask <laughs> <laughs> love that dancing couple i'm just trying to think of random people now <laughs> i know it's just like we, there's more there's so many more i think i thought of somebody while you were talking about your list actually and i can't remember who yeah, it was i, I thought oh, i had a random flashback and i was like wait a minute what about this one? Uh, Aponya. We've not mentioned Aponya. Aponya should deserve a mention in this one. Oh, I think we mentioned... I meant, sorry, you say it weirdly. Apona. Apona. Um, <laughs> I always say Aponya. I think we mentioned Apona quite a lot in our animal one. Yeah. So, Apona's had her time. <laughs> oh, oh, no. One more. One more. Yeah. Kapora Gapora. Kapora uh, Gapora. The owl. Scares. Scares me. Gives me nightmares still. I mean, he's, I mean he's, a, he's a total creep and he's irritating, but I love me an owl. With oh, a dumb I love, face. I love that weird little man that sells beans in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dampe from Ocarina of Time as well. The yeah. weird like guy who lives in there. Yeah. Yeah. The, we could go um, on forever. The Skulltilla family. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> love your work. <laughs> yeah, this is just gonna be like quick name a name a Zelda character. Oh, I like right. that guard in Ocarina of Time he gives that mask to. He's pretty sweet. <laughs> also, I like the one that's just running around Hyrule and you just give him a bunny mask. You know? Oh, yeah, the, the jogging guy, the postman. Shout yeah, postman. postman. 
There's also a character in there that's just a hand, right? I can't remember what game it's in. I think it's in Majora, but there's like one where it's just a hand and his name is like four question marks. I don't know. I think you're tripping at this point. All right. <laughs> I don't remember that, but there could well be. Um, you're going to have to post it on Twitter just in case there is so that everyone believes you because that sounds insane. Because <laughs> you don't. Because <laughs> a talking boat isn't insane, but a, a, ma- a magical hand is. A magical hand. I think there is a person attached to the hand, but I think you only ever see the hand. Right. Okay comes out of a floorboard or something. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to find it. <laughs> we this should is move on to number one. Name. Yeah, what the hell is your number one? I can't think of any more characters. I don't know how you've done this. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm still giggling. Um, my number one, without further ado, is someone that's not from Wimwick. Thank goodness. My number one is Midna from Twilight Princess. Oh, of course it's Midna. Yeah. Midna yeah. is also um, a character that I named a chameleon after. I had two chameleons in my life, Makar and Midkar. Makar and Midna. Makar and Midna. Midna. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love I love Midna. So Midna is from Twilight Princess and is an imp-like creature. Um, and most of the game, you don't really know who they are or, or what she's doing. Um, she's actually a member of the Twilight people who dwell within the Twilight realm. Um, they're a race that's ascended from wielders of powerful and evil magic who were banished to an alternative dimension by the goddesses Din, Pharaoh and Nehru um, after this war called the Interloper War. Um, prior to the events of Twilight Princess, um, Zant, who's like basically the bad, the bad guy from the game, um, overthrows Midna from her throne and placed a curse on her, which is why she has that weird imp form. So she maintains that for most of the game, and you don't know any of this really. You're kind of a bit weirded out by by her, but then at the same time, Link is a wolf, and so that's not. I mean, <laughs> start, <laughs> that's a problem. When you start to talk yeah. about Zelda games, you're like, well, what the fuck am I saying? Yeah, and my hand man was weird. I know. So yeah, Link, Link and Twilight Princess basically has like a wolf form, and uh, and Midna is kind of along along for the ride. Um, her reasons for this are obviously not revealed until until later on. So obviously, I've just given you some heavy spoilers. But you first see her in uh, Faron Woods as Link is dragged away in wolf form. Uh, Midna kind of just helps you, um, and then she kind of asks for your help to do other things. And yeah, she's your companion. She's your boat. She's your navi. She is your companion throughout the game, effectively. And as I said, I, I love a Zelda companion. And uh, I don't like Fee, but I did really like Midna. And... You had to get that one in there, didn't you? <laughs> Couldn't have just not mentioned Fee again. Like, I hate this one, but Midna. Oh. But the, the good thing about Midna, she's a little bit like Tetra, is the fact that she's super sassy. She's she super is. sassy and a bad bitch. And will mock Link and probably be quite mean to him at points. In fact, she's very mean to him at points. She's but you... Right. You do what a lot of people, a lot of characters do in games like this, where it's just they have a redemption arc. They become nice, that you realise that they're actually caring, and you can say you can see that Midna does form a really cute relationship with with Link, and uh, yeah, it's it's quite sweet and it's quite nice to see. And then you know she's just a very interesting character that you kind of learn more about as the game continues onwards. And um, Midna also kind of like rides on Wolf Link as well, which I've always thought was quite cool. I don't know why I remember that when that first came out. And like the first images and stuff, and it was just quite a cool mechanic to have. Instead of just being like a floating fairy, it was actually like you can kind of actually kind of interact with them. But Midna also has a kind of more human-looking form, which you see towards the end of the game when her like kind of story arc is all revealed and everything. Um, she looks her really thick cool. Form. <laughs> thick form. Yes, a thick form. Um, and I think. I just think that she looks really epic. I mean, I love her imp form. I think I think the reason why I love Midna so much is because I love cats. And admittedly, 
mid-known her imp form does look a bit cat-like she kind of has this little like tooth a little bit like a bat and a cat with a weird thing on her head yeah demon cat yeah she's a little demony but i know what you mean she's very cat cat bat like yeah i'm with you i think she she has a very unique aesthetic and something that i hadn't really seen i mean twilight princess in itself was very different like not a lot of people Mm. had kind of seen something like that i mean i know for certain it kind of threw me off i was like fucking hell um it's very dark obviously it's just its dark timeline it's obviously going to be like that and um and yeah it's cool I, I like having her around i liked her in the game i like finding out all about her and i just think that she was a very unique character yeah her headpiece is pretty rad too yes yeah um i have i have some facts i have some facts mm-hmm. um apparently Certain interactions between Link and Midna, such as when she places her hand on his cheek, as well as Midna's unfinished sentence before the shattering of Mirror at Twilight, hints between a possible romantic attraction between the two. I think we spoke about this. Mm, yeah, I remember this. It's coming in. When we were saying about how Link should have been like sacking off Zelda for Midna, but we, I think that Midna's perhaps her love for Link is a little bit um, not reciprocated. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's one of those sad, slightly sadder ones. Because Link will always love Zelda, I think that's one thing we have to realise. <sighs> yeah, we just got to accept it at this point, haven't we? I know. Yeah. Um, other fact is that apparently the name Midna may have been derived from the word midnight. This further plays on the motif of the times of day in Twilight Princess, which oh. makes sense. I, I think that's probably a suitable assumption. Um, her voice is a very interesting one. If you hear Midna's voice in the game, it does sound kind of creepy, kind of weird and uh, that's because it's basically english lines jumbled up and distorted creating the kind of gibberish that you hear but it doesn't annoy me i think it's it's a weird and it's an unsettling kind of voice and it feels a little bit wrong but it's also kind of cool i think it's quite for me it's quite a synonymous sound now it's like very recognizable for the for that game Mm. yeah um i don't really have much to say besides the fact that she is my number one and that she's freaking awesome i i don't know what it is like what can i say i love a sassy character in zelda apparently yeah. and trees true yeah if, if it comes from a forest and it's sassy you're gonna like it i think is the, and i guess king reliance technically comes from a forest because he's wooden so yeah, yes there you go. so literally all my all mine is is sassy ladies and wooden objects <laughs> what a top five yeah what um, a top five that's that's all i've got really midna's fucking yes. awesome do you like midna I do, I do enjoy Midna. Um, I one thing I hate about Midna though is her creepy little laugh that used to come through the Wiimote. Oh yeah, that was terrifying. That 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 put me off Midna a little bit, I have to say. But I do like her. I think I I agree with you. She is very much of a Tetra character where she's that very sassy little creature. Um, and you kind of win her over, which is always that nice to see where they she doesn't quite get Link at the start, and then eventually you win her over. Um, ta- like it's a weird one with um with the game twilight really because it is such a dark version of zelda and i don't love spending that much time in the darker versions i have to Mm. say but um i did really enjoy this and i think she was a a big part of that enjoyment for sure yeah do you know i I just realized i got really confused when talking about the wiimotes and and twilight princess because i realized that when i first played it, i played it on gamecube oh yeah of course because it was that weird crossover time where it came out on both it was like the it was i remember when the wii came out that shows my age um and i remember like it was the yeah it was the first game that you could get on it so when you when it came out you would have you'd buy it in like a bundle of of that it was like it's but yeah it was it was gamecube as well so i didn't have a wii but i think my boyfriend at the time did and i i got it on on gamecube and yeah but i did play it later on on wii so i know what you mean by that that creepy noise but 
Um, I know what you mean about the dark, the dark kind of timeline of it all because it is, it is quite. It's so dra- like you compare it to something like Wind Waker, and it's such a drastic difference. I mean, that's what makes Zelda games amazing is they can all be so different. Um, but yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. It's it's like when I play Majora's Mask, I get really, I get really, you know, I get into a weird place, you know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Majora's Mask is dark. That's why. Yeah, it is. It's a very. It just takes you to a weird, dark place. There's just a lot going on, and there's a lot of sadness every, every so often. So, mm. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Twilight Princess. I think it's for me, it's a bit of an underrated one. I I really mm. enjoy it. I love like the music. The music when I start listening to the music, and I remember how much I enjoyed it. Um, love to play it on Switch. Yeah, it would be a good one. They did bring out a um, HD version on I want to say their Wii U and stuff so you it should I'm, should come out I would imagine I'm getting to the point where I'm like I'm just going to buy a Wii U at this point because I really want to play turn it Zelda's into a, at the moment yeah just turn it into a Zelda machine that's that's what yeah. I'm essentially planning to do mine although I don't think you can use the store anymore that's the only problem so I have to buy feeling, physical copies yeah which I think is diff- more difficult than you'd think I will start to invest in um, research for this whether I'm just going to buy a GameCube or a Wii U because I'm impatient as fuck alright that's fair. <laughs> anyway, sorry, getting on to my purchasing habits. Um, what's your number one? So, I... So now I'm like, I'm not sure whether to mention my original number one or just change my number one briefly. Why are you changing it? I don't know. Because because you mentioned it in your honourable mentions. <laughs> just do it. Just t- tell me what they both are, but... No, you know what? I'm doing, I'm doing it. I'm going to put my number one as Ganondorf. Who was the other one then? You'll never know. Was it Beedle? Is it yeah. because I shat on Beedle? Yeah, it's because you shat on Beedle. I didn't mean to. It was more well, just like he wasn't he wasn't in my list, but it's not well, that he's did. not a valued member of, of Zelda. It's just he I mean he's in our he's in our podcast. I didn't want to smother everyone with Beedle, but I want I mean, both I thought, now. Give me both. No, that's it. You maybe can get a Beedle fact at the end that I found. It was a new fact that I found about Beedle. No. So you can have that. Um <laughs> I want everything. I want everything Beedle. We're going to talk about Ganondorf now. Because I feel like Ganondorf actually should be. I mean, I know we all love Beedle, but the more I thought about it... To be fair, I was kind of going back and forth on this one anyway. Um, so I think you've just kind of cemented But now my, I feel like Ganondorf's winning the game of our lives. I mean, it's true, he's, but at the same time, over. we have to... I think we have to appreciate that Ganondorf a lot... You know, he does he does a lot in the Zelda franchise, yeah, a lot really. of bad things. Yeah. <laughs> he drives it. He He drives the problems. And and without him, there would be no game. I mean, you've got to think about like that with the baddies. True. I I have to say, I also quite enjoy him as a character most of the time. Um, again, because his motives change so much. Like most of the time, yes, it is just destroying Hyrule. But I feel like, although he is essentially a a character, like a evil character in it, he does do a lot that just is the main character he always comes back as well he's got like the most ridiculous <laughs> amount of, of like ability to just die and True. then come straight back and kill everything i think he's got many forms as well um one of my favorite forms is when he is um in his like king of the like gerudo uh mm-hmm. forms essentially and he's a little bit more human in those kind of ones and i do enjoy him when he's less like demon giant ganadorf and he's more like this kind of uh gerudo kind of form of him yeah, agreed there. No, I prefer I prefer Ganon when he's in his more human form. It's isn't it isn't Ganon like the human form and Gandorf like the the spooky version of him like the the more like mythical. I can't remember if that's true or not. But there's always Ganon and Ganondorf, and I don't know if they're the same thing or not. 
I can never remember, and I always think it's the other way around. I always think Gandalf is him as in, like, Maybe. the smaller version of him, and then he's the other one. Anyway, I think this is the thing. There's so many different forms of him and so many different stories that he has in each game of how he got there and why he got there. And sometimes he's not in it as, the like, the main baddie. Like, in Twilight, you've got Zant and stuff, but secretly he's always behind the mm-hmm. most of them. Um... And again, like, because there's obviously, like, so many different timelines, I think that's one particular timeline where you're a child and then, and he basically, I think that's when the flooding happens, which is why he's, like, basically causes the flood that flooded Hyrule. Basically, he just causes all the different changes in Hyrule and all the different, um, different events and all the different timelines that he sets off, um, which I think is why I really feel like he needed to be mentioned because, again, without him, all of our different characters that we love wouldn't really appear very often. I feel like with him being quite a cool character in the sense of they can just reincarnate him with different forms and him setting off different events in the timelines basically causes us to see lots of different stuff a lot That's of the time. True. I realise that if anyone doesn't actually know Zelda and is listening to this, you're not going to have an absolute clue <laughs> what's going on. Exactly. It sounds, it sounds like insane, doesn't it? Like all these different timelines, all these different things. And it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite a trippy game when it comes down to it yeah because i think the the main point to take away is that you know ganondorf is essentially the the king of all evil um and he is the main primary antagonist through the majority of the games um but i think he ends up because he dies so much because you kill him as the as link and they need some way to bring him back each time i think that's where the whole timeline thing kicks off of from that reason and you end up just getting him loads of different times and it just becomes this really confusing thing and i always remember we found that video you found that video and you showed it to me where it's basically like doc brown explaining the timeline of zelda and it's really confusing and it's always about ganondorf coming back because he always comes back and does something um and like i said he's always behind everything secretly like there are other like evil ones especially in some of the more the smaller top-down zeldas a lot of them don't include Ganon a lot of the time until mm. right at the end when he'll suddenly like pop up and be like it was me all along um, yeah, it's a, yeah it's always one of those really confusing things where it's like I, I sometimes I think that I understand the timeline and I get it and I get what's going on and I get what game came first and what game came after but then when I start playing the games again I'm like no I have absolutely no idea <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening yeah and it's always that thing where I think as well like unlike unlike Bowser he's not just after um, Zelda because he wants the pretty princess you know what I mean he doesn't he's never really interested in in Zelda in that kind of way he's interested in the fact that she's basically holds the power of the Triforce most of the time like she's often the yeah. keeper and that's what he's after um, so I always think there's more of an interesting reason that he's trying to do all of these schemes than just like I want the pretty woman to be my wife <laughs> you know what I mean yeah basically we're looking at you Bowser yeah Bowser we've had enough of your of your shit <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, I like. I mean, the list of of games that he's in is um is an extreme one. He's basically the main it's thing all in them, all of the it? games. Pretty yeah, much. I think pretty much all of them. Um, like I said, other than some of the smaller ones. But he has some weird opinions. Like he appears in the Smash Bros. Like we've decided they all seem mm-hmm. to appear in Smash Bros. He also you can buy like a armor set in apparently Diablo three that he um that he wears. Oh nice. Yeah, which is a random like side fact that i found out about him um 
And there was other one other hilarious fact that I found about. There's more. There's loads of them about him, but the one I really enjoyed was the fact that apparently in Ocarina of Time, and I think Twilight Princess, he plays his own theme on a pipe organ. Wow. So all of the background like background music um in the Hyrule Castle theme when it goes to like Ganon's theme is often Ganondorf playing it. You know? I like, love that. Yeah. Can you imagine him sitting there in his little room and he's like, Do you know what? I need like a really good theme song for my castle. Like, oh what am I gonna do? Like, I can't get anyone to make it for me because I'm like the bad guy, no one likes me. Oh, I know what to do. Let's get a sort of tape deck, let's do some recording. And then he puts it on and he plays his fucking little music through the castle and he's like, Yeah, this is a fucking bop. Oh, I can just see it now. Yeah, exactly. Like he's sat there being like, Oh, I'm gonna rock out to my pipe organ, let's go. <laughs> Maybe that's secretly what he's just trying to do. He's just trying to make the best pipe like organ music that he possibly can and Link just keeps interrupting him and he's mad, he's mad I need this it. album yeah <laughs> stop it Link let let him make his music maybe he'll leave the whole of Hyrule alone if you'll just let him play his music he'll get distracted he'll start a band and it'll be fine we could all just move on alright we, sol- we solved the true meaning of Legend of Zelda it's not it's not about Ganon trying to take over the world it's just about Ganon trying to make some sick beats yeah that's it that's go. done You're welcome um, everyone yeah, that was my that my main my main fact that I had um, written down for him. Um, I can give you my beetle fact if you want to end on a beetle fact. Yes, please. Was your beetle pick really good? Did you have lots of information? Are you sad? No, I I'm not honestly because beetle. I put beetle as a number one because I kind of felt like I had to put beetle as my number one because it was the podcast. And then when you didn't, I was like, great. That kind of decides that I don't have to have him as my number one because although I love beetle, we have spoken about him many times before, and there's not really much else to talk about him other than the fact that he's the best merchant in any mm. game ever you know what i mean like we all love beetle he's great beetle so is I'm... crying right now but we're sorry beetle we, so we've sorry, talked about beetle. you a lot look you've yeah. had your time mate he appears in you're, every, you're on every yeah you're on like every fucking podcast calm down beetle exactly you have enough beetle so yeah this is i'm i'm, I'm secretly glad that's what i mean by the fact that i could have ganon yes. um nice. because i just felt like ganon deserves a mention even with the with this hog face that he gets sometimes but I did manage to find one extra beetle fact that we didn't have because every other beetle fact I think we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so he apparently... was our shopkeeper, wasn't he? I'm yeah, sure he was number one. Exactly. He's had his time, in which we learnt his name was secretly Terry. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm so happy I've relearned that all over again. Oh, Terry Beetle. Um. So. The fact that I found out was that um, apparently, so in Breath of the Wild, Beetle is always scribbling in a notebook when you run up to him. Apparently a fan decided to translate what was written in that notebook. They took a picture of it. They translated it from the Hyrule because apparently Hyrulean is quite easy to translate. Mm. There's lots of like stuff in the books and stuff around it. But it says just nonsense. So essentially it says, uh, memorandum, writing, very important, document, remember, memo, memo, amazing. And that is the words that Beadle has scribbled in his notebook, that proving sounds like that he's a madman. Notebook, to be honest, where I'm just like, I've nothing to write in this notebook, so I'm just going to write memo, <laughs> organisation, <laughs> planning. Very important. Remember this document. <laughs> oh, Beadle. Yeah, I like that he was just like, I don't have anything to write, so I'm just going to pretend like I do. I feel like it's like that moment where you know you're in like a situation where you feel like you've got to write something or you know you're trying to get away with someone not seeing you doing something or just trying to avoid something or someone's doing like a very important meeting and you're bored and you're gonna make it look like you're taking notes but instead of actually taking notes of what they're saying you're just writing like memo important remember (laughs) amazing 
Yeah. Anyway. That so was that was wonderful. my fact. I feel like we had to end on a beetle fact at least. We did. We did. Can we end on a beetle making a bit of noise? Yeah, we can. Oh! And that there is the end of our lists. Yeah. The episode. <laughs> well, I had fun. There was a lot. There was a lot of things. I did too. And if you haven't ever played Zelda and you've made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> I don't know how you've made it through that absolute insanity, but yeah. that's Zelda for you. This was similar to where we did the Final Fantasy characters episode, where it's like, if you haven't, if you have no interest in this era of games, this is not an episode for you. Because we, no. we're not even going to slightly try to introduce these characters to you in any sort of way. Oh, no. No, we did not do that at all. I mean, I didn't even explain that Makar was a leaf until the end. <laughs> I spent about five minutes talking about timelines that make no sense to anybody. So, yeah, it's great. About a lady who's not really a lady, about a boat who's not really a boat. <laughs> <laughs> And we said it wasn't going to descend into madness this time. Oh, it has. It always does. Uh, this is our lives now. Well, that concludes yet another episode of our lists making yes. podcast. Because that is what we do. Um, if they want to find more information about us, Nikki, where can they go? Gametool5.com yeah and you can also follow us on our social medias again to five um and join our discord because the link should still be up on the website if you want to join that and have a chat with us about game tool five stuff about lists come make your top five zelda list show us we will talk about it and it's just it's just a nice time we have a nice time on the discord it's a very pleasant experience it's never any like weird drama we're just we're just chilling talking about games and stuff yeah, yeah, and we do always genuinely love hearing everybody's different lists and stuff when they when they come on and pop them in. So feel free to just throw those in there. Um, yeah. And then if you really, really would be very kind um, and really want to leave us a um, review on anywhere, either um, Apple Podcasts or Podbean or anything like that, Podchaser, um, that would be most agreeable. Yes. Well, good day. Good day. I can't believe we're just going to end the podcast like that. That was very we're abrupt. Not. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>